This is SBR, the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered, unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff. He's Joe. After two weeks, we're back, everyone. We're back. <laughs> What's up, everyone? Sorry about last week. Sorry, that was my fault. <laughs> <laughs> we're recording stuff. And... Is it recording? Is it? Did you check it? Yeah, uh, no, I didn't check okay. if it was recording. Yeah, I checked, and uh, it wasn't recording. <laughs> It was the longest segment of the night. <laughs> it's just gone. It's all gone. Uh, yeah, so it wasn't great. But we spared you guys from a bad pod because we were basically watching. <laughs> Dave, we were watching that that quadruple overtime quadruple game. overtime game. And like every five, every like two minutes, we were like, yeah, man. And that. Oh, did you see that? <laughs> did you see that? Shoot. That was crazy. <laughs> Uh yeah, we and we basically were like, let's just record us watching the last overtime. <laughs> yes. Because we're like, no, nah, we gotta just watch this. Anyway, we're gonna talk about the conference finals. We're gonna talk about the sitcom Sweet 16 finals. Ooh, the finals. Friends versus the office. Ooh. We gotta start with the Lakers summer. How has the Lakers summer gone this far? Magic Johnson. Abruptly quit. What? Yep. Uh, Ty Lu was going to be the head coach, as we were predicting, but he did not want to be lowballed in a surprising move. And then they were, we were like, oh, I guess the Lakers are not under the thumb of LeBron James. And they went out and hired Frank Vogel. Huh? Why? And Jason Kidd. Double, huh? Good news, we moved up in the draft lottery from 11th to 4th. Yes. So now we are 4th, and Brian Windhorst is reporting that Kyrie Irving wants to join LeBron James, or at least there's communication, there's talks of Kyrie trying to join LeBron James. That's summer. The Lakers (laughs) summer has begun, but let me start by asking you the question, should the Lakers have replaced Magic Johnson, or should, uh, should the Lakers have an NBA president, basically? Uh... Yes, obviously they should. You don't build from the bottom up. You have to build from the top down. And you can't make decisions about lower positions if we don't have the higher positions in place. This just doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they're doing this. The first thing they should have done as soon as Magic was... (laughs) I was going to say was kicked out or whatever, but actually he just... Uh, uh, he was dropping hints left or right, remember? <laughs> he just up and quit. As soon as he had to directly say that he was quitting and his passive-aggressive hints weren't working, <laughs> Genie should have started the process to hire a new president. I don't know why we didn't do that. Genie's like, what's your plans for the summer? He's like, oh, you know, go on my boat or <laughs> run, run. Not this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, 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 here's some stats. This past year, teams with NBA presidents and GMs, those teams, 70% made the playoffs out of 20 teams that had an NBA president and GM. 10 teams that didn't have a president and a GM, only 20% made the playoffs. Having this kind of leadership, I know this is a small sample size, but having that kind of leadership kind of works. The So the president-GM combination that did make the playoffs in our in our pool 
Houston Rockets, Daryl Morey is by himself. Sam Presti, OKC. Those are the only two that made right. the playoffs from our list. But those are like, okay, so those two guys, what are they known for? Analytics. Right. They're like the super analytics guys, right? They're like the guys who probably of all the guys in the league, they do the most research. You know, they study up on stuff. Houston had that stupid thing where they ran all those numbers about all the times that they were fouled. I mean, that's such an overboard, like overkill thing. If you're going to do both of those jobs well, I feel like that's the kind of person you have to be, right? Like you have to be a super nerd that just sits in front of your computer all day and probably <laughs> hustles like crazy, right? And just like... Underhanded shots fired at these guys, <laughs> man. Sorry, Daryl Morey. Sorry that you're so good at your job. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm just going off what I've learned from Game of Zones. <laughs> Daryl Morey built the model and, uh, you know, has a bunch of blind people working the <laughs> working the computers. No, that was it, hilarious, by the like I was dying. <laughs> I was dying. That was so good. It was really good. Um, I, for your reference, Bob Myers has a president. Mm. Even Danny Ainge has a president. Right. Like, th- th- these are high class organizations that have presidents. Like, you don't. You don't just have a GM. <laughs> that's that's just not how it works. You got to have leadership from the basketball operations organization. The you funny thing just... is, yeah, and the funny thing is too, it's like you look at the best organizations, that's how they run, right? Um, you just mentioned, you know, Boston, Golden State. Like even if you think about um, these organ- like OKC and Houston, they're too they're too analytics heavy. Hmm. Right, like to some degree. I mean, OKC not really, but OKC is more like they have more of like a money ball thing going, right? Mm-hmm. It's not heavy analytics. It's more like comparing players versus their salaries. They had a lot of kind of penny pinching. Um, it, it's it's money ball. They're they're thinking, oh yeah, we can get rid of Harden and we can pick up you know Kevin Martin, and it's like a reasonable. It's like you know they trusted too much those kind of numbers versus you know, money versus value on the court instead of trusting their eye test and like potential and thinking about those things. And that's why they've traded away everybody, right? Like they've lost everyone. All of the really good gems that they've gotten out of the draft, they've traded them away for lesser pieces. And now look what they have. All they have is Russell Westbrook and they can't get out of the first round. They got destroyed by Dame Dollar, right? Mm. I mean... And same thing with the Rockets. They're kind of, you know, they're a little too analytics dependent. They're a little too numbers dependent. And I feel like some of that is because there's not someone to tell those guys, hey, like, why don't you look at it from this angle? <laughs> right? Like, like, well, why don't we think about this? No, like, just let's... put it into the model. Put yeah. it into the machine. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, oh, so just keep shooting. I love the part when he's like, you know, James Harden's like, but I can't just shoot 27 threes, you know. Or I just can't just keep shooting threes. Like I could go 0 for 27 by, by myself. And then D'Antoni's like, "But what if you make them, James? Eyes <laughs> <laughs> get all big." The Atlanta Hawks, Charlotte Hornets, Cleveland Cavaliers, all do not have presidents. 
The Washington Wizards do not have a president. Sacramento Kings do not have a president. The Memphis Grizzlies do not have a president. Dallas Mavericks do not have a president, but that's because Mark Cuban basically acts as their president. And they're not doing great either. (laughs) They They haven't made the playoffs in a long time. They basically have Dirk. That is their one crowning achievement. The Portland Trailblazers, who are in the conference finals, have a president. The Golden State Warriors have a president. The Milwaukee Bucks have a president. The Toronto Raptors, Masai Ujiri, is the president. Yeah. Well-run organizations have fully functioned executive staffs. They just do. So why didn't we replace Magic? I, I don't know. Because they look at Daryl Morey. They're like, that guy, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Let's give Rob Palenka that power, even though he has proven nothing. Great. We're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then we hired Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd. Huh? <laughs> okay, but who should have coached the Lakers? Um, I mean, honestly, it's kind of like you said. Like, there was no one really that good. Slim Pickens. Yeah, I think I would have wanted either Monty Williams... Mark J- Jackson, JVG, or JVG. Those are the those are the three guys I would have wanted. Yeah, yeah, one of those three guys. There, see, that's the reason I didn't want to let go of Luke. Like, who is Frank Vogel? Who's who's a decent head coach? Like, I know people are poo pooing him like crazy, but he had a good run in Indiana, and Orlando is just ridiculously bad. Orlando's so, stupid. Yeah, yeah, that, that's so, not his fault. So he's a fine coach. Is he better than Luke Walton? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Jury's out. Then why fire Luke Walton to get this guy? You know? I, I will say this, though. He Well, obviously, he has more experience than Luke Walton, right? And I did feel like Luke, there were these times where I just felt like his X and X and X's and O's weren't good. Mm-hmm. You know, there were times where I feel like I, I would be like, man, let's run a play. Or, you know, I always like to see what coaches do out of timeout. And he would never really do any, like, he would have some plays. But I would see them getting broken up a lot. Mm. You know, like I would see them get blown up. It's almost as if veteran players knew, okay, they're trying to run this. And they would kind of just jump a certain screen or something. And then it would just be over. And I'll be like, that's it? <laughs> like that's, that's the whole play? And then it would result in some kind of bad long three or turnover. And I don't like that. That tells me that you're not really prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. either you're not prepared or there's just not enough in your you know, in your book, like as a coach. Right. And so I, I, I don't think Frank Vogel will at least have that problem. Right. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very good defensive coach at least. And he's experienced. So I don't think he's going to have those kinds of problems. Why did they get Frank Vogel and Jason Kidd? I think this is a Lakers brass trying to half go against LeBron, but also half trying to appease him. Right. They said, screw you, Ty Lue, getting five-year deal, and gave the keys to Frank Vogel, which is really strange. But then they got Jason Kidd, who is a close relationship with LeBron. Like, hey, if it doesn't work out with Frank, you'll get Jason Kidd. Don't worry. Well, basically, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's this, – this is terrible, honestly. <laughs> like, not because I think Frank Vogel's terrible. I actually don't mind him just as a coach. But basically, you can see their priorities. They offered everybody three years. Mm-hmm. Right, so they didn't want to give anybody a five-year deal. That's why Monty didn't take it. That's why Ty Lue didn't take it. Mm-hmm. And all this tells me is that Frank Vogel is desperate for a job. 
<laughs> right? Because he's like, you know, other guys are like, well, I respect myself as a coach and I know what I'm worth. So even though it's the Lakers, I'm not going to take that. And you guys don't seem to be in a very healthy situation mm-hmm. organization-wise. And they say, oh, well, how about you, Frank? <laughs> you wanted three years? Yeah, cool. <laughs> you know, like, I'm not doing anything. It's the version. It's the version of Rondo, JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson. It's that one-year deal, except for coaches, it's three. It's right. these guys that are basically kind of out of the league, have to prove something, which is why they're going to take something less to prove they're worth it. And I don't like that because even if it's – and I understand the logic. It's like, oh, and then maybe we'll be out of LeBron James, so then we'll move on to the next guy. But it's like – that's such – it's so short-sighted. Mm-hmm. Again, it's like, okay, now we're going to – so what? You want to reset again in three years? Like you don't want any continuity from what we do over the next three years to what we're going to do in the fourth year? You want to reset again? You're going to go after free agents again? You're going to like do – you're going to build from the ground up again? Like think. <laughs> if think that ahead. Happens, if that happens, we'll be in the dark ages for nine years straight. It's just, I mean, well, I mean, I, I don't think we like won't make the playoffs. Do you know what I mean? You don't know. We'll make the playoffs. Look, next year we'll make the playoffs. Okay, LeBron James, if he has anything left in the tank, unless he has some kind of career-ending injury, you know what I'm saying? Like unless he tears an Achilles or something, uh, he's not gonna not make the playoffs next season. I don't think LeBron James can even – he can't even stomach being out here two seasons in a row not making the play. No matter what else happens, even if our roster's trash. He's tanking to get Bronny. <laughs> Why? Is he going to be even that high of a draft pick? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, so then the talk is like, okay, the Lakers might get Kyrie. Should the Lakers get Kyrie? Well, we're not going to get Kyrie. This is BS. Okay. (laughs) Who's the person reporting this? Brian Windhorst? Brian Windhorst is freaking LeBron's butler. Okay. (laughs) We have to call this guy Alfred. Just like he does his bidding. Call him Jeeves, man. I mean, and when you see Brian Windhorst on an opinion show, okay, I don't, I have nothing personally against Brian Windhorst. He seems like a nice guy. But honestly, when you see him on these opinion shows, like The Jump or something, it's like, Mm Bro, you're out there to have an opinion. He can't even pick. He can't even make picks. They're like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think Kyrie's going to do in the summer? I have no idea. <laughs> That's like all he says. Trying to trying to, trying to, to pick Kyrie's brain, you know, trying to predict Kyrie is like, you know, so hard. It's like, bro, that's why you're on the show. Anybody could go on there and say that. He also like, says, you're supposed to I be can't... an insider. I can't. I can't share my sources yet. My sources. Uh, I, I can't share what, what's going to happen. I can't share. I've only had one source. Heavy. I've only had one source for two decades. His yeah, name is LeBron, it's LeBron James. James. <laughs> he calls me on the secret cell phone. I pick up immediately, or he gets mad. This guy's unbelievable. Like honestly, he's the only one reporting this, right? Like all the stuff the that he only reports. One. Everyone else the- is not saying it. All the stuff he reports. And he was earlier on in the season. I think he was the one saying like, no, I don't think they're going to get back together. (laughs) Like that was just a call. That was just a phone call. They patched it up. I don't think they're going to get back. It's, it's ridiculous, man. There's Kyrie doesn't want to play with LeBron. Okay. If I've learned anything about Kyrie, she doesn't want to play with LeBron. When has any superstar falling out? When have they ever reunited again? Has that ever happened in NBA history? 
Yeah, when Shaq came back to the Lakers after Miami. Um, oh, that happened. And, and Kevin KG Durant went back went, to Katie's going back to OKC. Minnesota. Yeah, Katie went back to. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't happen. Of course not. It never happens. It never ever happens. No, never ever 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 happens. When you break up, you break up. That's it. Okay, so that means we're striking out on Kyrie because he's probably going to New York. We're striking out on the other three Ks, Clay, Kawhi, Kevin Durant. What should we do? We got the number four pick, which is outside the top three guys, Ja, uh, RJ, and Zion. So that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> what should we do here? We got to get somebody. But to we're going to get Jared Culver. <laughs> DeAndre Hunter. No, Rui Hachimura. That's who we're going to get. Kobe White. The next oh, Kobe. Kobe with a C. Okay. But who I really want is Sekou Dumbuya. <laughs> I have no idea who that is. I don't even see him on the board. He has a household name in France, okay? Mm, got it. By age 15, he was a household name in France, according to Draft Express content <laughs> at almost, DX content. I almost spit Twitter. out my water. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw this tweet. Okay, look. Kemba? Jimmy Butler? Jimmy Butler's probably a priority in Philadelphia now. Tobias? Chris Middleton? D'Lo? Back again? Vucevic? Boogie? What are we going to do? Kemba and Vooch. <laughs> Kemba and Vooch. We have to try. I don't. I really. I don't even think we're gonna get Jimmy Butler. To be honest, so, we ha, number one. We have to get eighty. We have to try to get eighty. So trade all. So our same package plus our yeah. draft pick. Trust our plus number four draft pick, hmm. and say, hey, you guys are gonna get Zion. Take this pick to take young guys. You know, rebuild your team. Give us eighty. Mm-hmm. You know what I also thought? Yes. The the president. In New Orleans mm. is David Griffin. Mm. And maybe instead of getting David Griffin here, LeBron's plan all along was to get David Griffin in the front office in New Orleans so that he could orchestrate this trade for us. <laughs> He's behind everything. So my last question of all this, I know we're kind of glazing over what we're going to do this summer, but there'll be a lot of time to talk about it. Was this all part of LeBron's plan? Of course. <laughs> of course it was. He planned it all along. Don't you see? Don't you see? <laughs> stupid, stupid child. child. <laughs> stupid child. <laughs> We're not real. <laughs> We're all just part of LeBron's script. <laughs> David Griffin, going to New Orleans. We get Anthony Davis. What if, what if he gives us like a really good deal? What if it's like number four pick Lonzo and something? It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be like number four pick Lonzo and who do we even have? Caruso, oh, Mike, Mike Alex Scala. Caruso. Eminem. <laughs> we can't give him Eminem. <laughs> He's an icon here. Alex Caruso, bald mamba. I love Alex Caruso. 
I saw him in Summer League. I was like, this guy is the real deal. That, I we like were him. there together. God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm telling the story like you weren't there. <laughs> save that Save that Summer League because stupid Lonzo Ball didn't play. Mm, that's true. It was he. He was scared of deer and fox. He was running from deer. Uh, what did it say? What did that that sign that that kid had say? Um, mm-hmm. Ball fears fox. Lonzo yeah. fears fox. Yeah, Lonzo <laughs> fears fox. And they changed the camera real quickly. <laughs> that was awesome. I think that it is. It's got to be part of LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote no <laughs> on the rundown. Your answer is no. I wrote. I wrote no. I wrote no, but but it's it's you know how last last episode you're like maybe you think that's what I think that's why you think that's what it's that's what he's doing he's like you thought I want Lou but I actually wanted Kid but you got Frank Vogel it's that back and forth he's like I got exactly what I wanted right now Jeannie thinks that she's doing she's giving lebron these little nuggets but actually it's the other way around yes, lebron is giving genie these little nuggets <laughs> it's like yeah you can have vogel i know i'm going to get kid in one year and yeah, yeah i never even wanted griff to come here i wanted him to be in new orleans <laughs> cuz i already have palinka <laughs> he doesn't want that president spot to be filled do you know why that president spot is not filled it doesn't make any sense. Do you know why it's not filled? Because we have a shadow president, and it's not Linda Rambis. It's LeBron James. He is running things from the inside. He's the man behind the curtain. He was compromised from inside. There's no Jacob. There's no Jacob. It's all LeBron. I know. On the rundown, I was like, no, it's not. But it totally is. Of course it's LeBron. He's He knows what a this. Ge- what a genius. He's doing it about as well as he's ever done. Look what let's just okay, real quick. Look what's happened, okay? Now all the media is on LeBron's side. Everybody. You know how he was kind of getting some criticism, remember? It was starting to seep in. Oh, he's not playing defense, he's not being a good leader. End of what the did season. he do? He yep. He played till the end of the season. You know, pretty much. He yep. sat out very end, right? Okay. Oh, see, LeBron. See, LeBron. He doesn't. He's not just all about himself. You know, he still wants to wants to give his all, right? Narrative changes slightly. He whispers into Magic's ear, "Get the f out of here." And then, <laughs> and then, but publicly, he's like, "What?" I was like, "What the heck?" What happened to Magic? Why did he quit? Goes on yeah. the shop, right? Just puts that little narrative out there. So people are all sympathetic. Oh, dude, I do feel bad for LeBron. Yeah. Man, even Skip Bayless, even Skip Bayless is on whatever show's called, and he's like, I feel bad for LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? That's what he's been saying. He's like, I feel bad for LeBron James. And LeBron gets Griffin in place. He gets the president out. He's got Palinka in his pocket. He's got Jeannie in his pocket, even though Jeannie doesn't know he, she's in his she pocket. She doesn't know yet. Yeah, one day she, she's she thinks she's fighting up. back. She's like, I didn't give you Lou. I took control of the Lakers again. I took I picked Frank Vogel. Luke Walton got fired, right? Mm. Slowly all the people he doesn't want are gonna disappear. Mm. And then he's just gonna and, and all the while, all the media is saying, 
LeBron James? He's not doing anything right now. He's just like walking his dog, playing with his kids. He's just out there <laughs> being, you know, whatever. Zero dark daddy. Like whatever. He's just living his life. His his nice suburban life. Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2. He's filming stuff. All the while he's in the shadows. <laughs> he's in the shadows. Recruiting. Yeah, he gave Genie that nugget, but in the back of his mind, he's like, you don't think I've gotten three coaches fired just like that? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, and Frank Vogel right now, he's at home. He's like, he's like working up schemes. He's like looking through his he's playbook. He's working really hard. Right? Yeah. He's Sleepless like so nights. excited, right? Day one, he's going to walk into the arena and LeBron's going to just say, I own you. <laughs> it's it. It's all out the window. All his plays don't matter. Yeah, he's going to call plays and LeBron's going to do something different. He's like, oh, LeBron, why don't you? No, 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 no. Shh. And then, and then someone's gonna, he's going to get mad. And he's going to walk right by Vogel. Vogel's going to get left hanging on the high five. He's going to walk straight to Jason Kidd, give him a hug, and then sit down on the end of the bench. And then look right at Frank Vogel. <laughs> nah, he ain't going to look at him. He ain't going to give him the time of day. Mm-hmm. All right. That's the Lakers summer. Very strange, but we all know who's pulling the puppet strings down your hand. We all Ron know. Sama. <laughs> the Bron Sama. All right. We'll be back with our conference finals. It's already here. Warriors, Blazers, Bucks, Raptors, Kawhi, Giannis, Steph, Dame. Oh, man. It's going to be good. We'll be back. back it's the playoffs round three conference finals but let's go back to round two with each series i'm gonna ask you one question question one warriors rockets did james harden choke our famous james harden Mm, no i agree with you i don't don't think he choked i think he was Good in parentheses. <laughs> he was okay. Quotations, yeah. sorry. He wasn't horrendous like he normally is. He was good. Like uh, I, I, I'll, I'll read you his playoff numbers. Yeah. So in round two, he had 35, 7, 6, 2 steals, uh, 3.8 turnovers, 44% from the field, 35% from three, 82% from the line. The regular season... Uh, he had 36 points, seven rebounds, almost eight assists, two steals, five turnovers, 44. So like basically it's roughly the same numbers, uh, during the playoffs during round two, he had a little less points, uh, a lot less assists, but a little more steals, everything else, basically the same shooting percentage, all basically the same. So I mean, he was yeah. fine. He was he was okay. He he definitely didn't choke like <clears throat> like he normally does. Just disappear or play really bad. Even in the first round, actually, he was pretty bad. Yeah. But I don't. know. It's fine. It was a Jazz. I mean, they were they were never really in danger of losing the series or anything like that. And so I don't care that much. But he still didn't play. Okay, one he didn't. He wasn't clutch, right? Like he didn't play no. better. In the high leverage moments, that's certainly true. 
Pikachu, I don't think he even played the same. You know, when the game was on the line, it's not like he made some clutch shots, missed some clutch shots. He basically, I can only remember maybe one three that he made game that three. was even remotely clutch. Yeah, in game, game three. three. And it wasn't even that clutch, I feel like. But, I mean, there were was up, pretty, right? It was pretty it, clutch. It was, it, was, it, was, it was pretty clutch. I'll, I'll give step, it to him. Step okay. back, it was, step back it was against Iguodala. It was, it was pretty clutch. Um, but I've always, I always felt like the Rockets, their entire run the past couple of years, and trust me, it's over now, so we can just talk about it in the past tense. Um, I, f- I felt like Eric Gordon was their most clutch player. Mm-hmm. I always felt like when it was really important, like when they really needed a three, when the flood was coming the other way and they needed someone to stop it, or it was just like important, he was the one to hit those clutch threes, or he was the one to get a clutch drive to the basket. You know, he wasn't always consistent, but I felt like he was their most clutch player. Harden was just like, oh, he was he was less than the same. He was like a little bit worse, but at least he had one or two good moments. Eric Gordon was the momentum breaker. So like when when the Warriors flood was coming, he would break the momentum with a three and it would like yeah. stop the flow a little bit. Right. Yeah. Or, or get a hard layup, get fouled, get two points. Like, that's what he was doing really well. He was the second best player on the Rockets. Right. It wasn't Chris Paul, which right. kind of hurts you a little bit. Very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. I mean, but we predicted his demise would come, and it's it's coming. It, he's just, for a small guy, you need your athleticism really badly, more than uh, guys that are taller that can make up for it with other ways, mm-hmm. and he's coming to an end. But my thing with Harden, okay, I'm, I'm going to make a comparison. Okay. I think James Harden is Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> okay. Here's why. Here's okay. why. Yeah, go. Vegeta is basically known as the second most powerful warrior, right behind Goku, right? Right. So he's like super powerful, and he always claims he's the best powerful, right? He's the MVP. But he only wins against noobs, and he <laughs> always loses in the big fight. Right. right? He only <laughs> shines when he's overwhelmingly outmatching opponents. When... Like, guys are, like, small. Like, none of the guys that are huge threats to anybody. Basically, regular season people, he dominates them. But when something's really on the line, like Cell, like Frieza, like all the androids, Majin Buu, he loses every single time. Every time. Like, Like, Android 18 is really sad because that's when he first gets Super Saiyan, and that's the second time anyone's ever seen he it. Lost and he lost Android 18? And he, he was like, Goku, I'm on your level no, now. Like, you can't on. mess with me now. I'm on your level. And an android comes out. It's just an android. The breaks, blonde girl? The blonde girl breaks both of his arms, like decimates him, right? Like, like that's just sad. That's so like, sad. his arrogance against Cell, like... Gohan had to like dive in front of him to like protect him. And it's like, what? That's so sad. Come on, man. And like, like he does, he throws everything at Majin Buu. And then like Vegeta's like, oh, I just got a suicide bomb just to, just to like save this. <laughs> he does it. Nothing happens. <laughs> and does finally, work? Nope. And finally, Kid Buu, which is the ultimate low point. He's fighting to buy time for Goku to power up. How lowly is he? So Vegeta, while he reaches high levels of power, he never wins the big one. That's like Harden. That's like James Harden. That's so true because Vegeta is like supposed to be really powerful. You're always like, oh, yeah, he's like the second most yeah. you know, powerful Dragon Ball character. Yep. But 
He never wins any meaningful never fights. Win. Never about, wins. You know, it makes me think of other characters. Like, <clears throat> weirdly, this is what came to mind. But um, Mr. Satan, <laughs> Mr. Satan, do you yeah. know who's Mr. Satan? Lavar Ball. Lavar <laughs> Ball is Mr. Satan. <laughs> He's just this guy that's talks so much. Not consequential at all, yeah, to the to what's actually happening. He just shows up at the like the tournaments, right? Like the human tournaments. It's always like, how are you relevant? This doesn't make any sense. But he's always like, I'm the champion, you know, I'm the best. And to all the humans, he gets credit for beating all these people. Yeah. People think he's actually something. I feel like that's kind of like LeVar Ball would just say stuff like, Lonzo's going to get drafted to the Lakers, and it happened. And people are like, is this guy a genius? Is he a prophet? <laughs> he starts Big Baller Brad, and people are like, is he changing the game? Is he changing the like athletic apparel game? And he's like... I could beat Michael Jordan one on one. It's like, huh? Never lost. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. I got one more for you. Wait, wait, Kyle... wait. Real, yeah. real quick, real quick. Who, yeah. Who's Goku? I don't know who Goku is, but I think Gohan is Steph Curry. It's uh. like everyone, like everyone in there, like kind of undervalues him. Mm. But he basically is the one that beats Cell. Like he he's That's more true. powerful than Goku. He's very powerful, yeah. Underrated for sure. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of a nice guy. He's more like the well, I mean Goku's a nice guy too, but Yeah. He's just like he's like a kid, right? But it's like That's true. Uh, yeah. I don't know who Goku is. I don't I don't know if there is a Goku. Is LeBron anybody? <laughs> Brawly? Brawly? He he's like Brawly's like even more buff. Yeah. But he ultimately loses. That's yeah, that's LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> Any of the bad guys, really. So yeah, they, they they always lose. But you know what? But you know who they beat? They beat Vegeta. <laughs> they beat Vegeta. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, yeah, hell yeah, LeBron will destroy Harden. Maybe Kevin Durant is sell. <laughs> Maybe. Loses to Gohan, but he could beat everyone else. Hmm. Hmm. He's all lean. <laughs> all right, who's your who's your who's your what? My my favorite though that we've talked about this before. Kyle Lowry is Krillin. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate nobody. <laughs> Gosh, Kyle Lowry's so bad, guys. The, the biggest <laughs> biggest Joker. He's the ultimate choker. And Krillin's like, he thinks he belongs in the group. <laughs> he thinks he's one of the group. He's like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's me, Goku, Gohan. <laughs> he's like, I can fly. Yeah, Vegeta, Piccolo. Shoot, yeah, it's all of us. Mikey. We're a little crew. He's like really good at beating like even the lesser guys than Vegeta. <laughs> Yeah, the regular guys. Yeah, yeah just yeah. The, the tournament guys. Yeah, the tournament guys, you know? And then, and then when he fights, like, the, the main guys, he's always, like, the nuisance. 
He's like, oh, I'm in the way. No, I'm yeah, in the a, way of Goku. He's a liability, exactly. He's, he's a liability. He's the guy that Goku has to get hurt to protect. Yeah, because like Vegeta, on the other hand, he he holds his own. But right, he, he at least right, he holds his own and loses. He's helpful at least. He's doing something. Whereas, yeah, he's fighting like, them. But his arrogance is that he'll win, but he ultimately loses. That's wins. where he he's. He's never humble. He's humbled, but he never learns his lesson. Krillin is like, on the other hand, is like, I think I belong. And then I realize very quickly I don't belong. And by that time, it's too late and you're in the way. He runs. Yeah, he has to run away and, like, you know, protect the civilians or something. Like, that's his job. Has he he just just uses fireballs to, like, stop, you know, meteors or, like, buildings or something, you know, just, like, protect people. Not not even fight, you know. <laughs> Krillin. How <laughs> uh, Lowry through the entire playoffs, two rounds of the playoffs, still has zero clutch points. <laughs> he has zero clutch points. How many how many attempts? Is he like shooting? zero attempts? <laughs> he doesn't even have a clutch free throw attempt. He has nothing. Zero. He's running. He's running. He got into battle. He just runs. Zero. 17 clutch minutes. Zero clutch. How can he? He's supposed to be the second best player on the Raptors. He's been through two rounds of the playoffs. Victories. He just went through a seven game series that was like, you know, contested the whole way through. He has zero clutch points. And clutch is only the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. That's what's considered the clutch minutes. So probably there are a lot of close, you know, throughout the entire fourth quarter. And I. He probably has nothing the whole it's, time. It's the clutch attempts that that drives me insane. He has no attempts, no free throws. Uh, he has two assists, one turnover, and one steal. Those are literally the entirety of his stats. It's not even like he has like ten assists. He has like two assists, one turnover, <laughs> one. Steal. That's it. He's I don't barely know touching that. the ball. He's barely touching the ball. Harden and Lowry are linked, though. They're linked because you know Harden is like really good and chokes. Lowry is like. Pretty average, and he chokes crazy hard. <laughs> to me, though, it's like the only reason I would say that I don't feel like Harden is Vegeta is because Vegeta's like really intense. Yeah. And I feel like Harden is super chill. Mm. Like to me, Harden's real problem, it's not that he, it's not even that he's necessarily unclutch. It's just that he has no heart. Mm. Yeah. He just doesn't, he just doesn't want it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is what he said after, after they lost game six. He said, it's not like we're losing to some scrubs. <laughs> That's what he said. he said. They've been to the finals like four or five years in a row. I'm like, bro, how is that what you say after you lost? Like, don't you want to win? Don't you want to go to the finals? Aren't you heartbroken? Meanwhile, Joel Embiid cried. <laughs> yeah. He right? wanted He's like, it he bad. Like, bro, yeah. He, he wanted, wanted it bad. Like, I love that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For, and for all the crap I gave Joel Embiid, like, he definitely proved something to me in this series. Like, he's a great, he's going to be a great player, you know, barring injury. And, you know, because he has something. He has fire, at least. Mm. Right. Harden's just like, he's like, whatever. It, he, he said, it's not like we're losing to some scrubs. <laughs> Does that make sense? They're like, how do you feel after losing, you know? It's like, well, you know, it's like, basically what he's saying is, I don't feel that bad because they're a really good team. It's like, <laughs> what? I'm going to have a great summer, guys. I know. It's like, oh, I mean, we didn't lose to the Jazz. You know, we lost to the Warriors. They're good. You know, so it's like, it's fine. (laughs) 
That's terrible. Uh, oh, James. That just tells me he's never – that's why I know it's over. That's how I know – and we've been saying this, right? They're the Sacramento Kings. Like, they're they're not going to go to the finals even. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't care what people say. I know that, you know, people are thinking, oh, but Golden State will decline. Yeah, and then another team will rise up and it'll pass the Rockets. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Moving on. Denver versus the Blazers. Blazers, game seven win. I have a question for you. It's a, it's a spicy take. Two spicy takes. Which one is more ridiculous? CJ McCollum is the third best two guard in the league behind Harden and Paul George over Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, DeMar DeRozan, and Bradley Beal. Or Jokic is the best center in the league. Which is the spicier take? Oof. Over Embiid? Embiid and Anthony Davis. Man. Man. What's more real? So I'll, I'll read you some numbers, okay? Mm-hmm. First, first, first section. 26, 6, 3, 1, 1, 46%, 41% from three, 77% from the line, and 1.8 turnovers. That's C.J. McCollum's playoff numbers thus far. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler, 19, 6, 5, 1. DeMar DeRozan, 22, 7, 5, 1. With I mean, zero percent from three. <laughs> he's be- definitely better than DeRozan, but I mean that's not anything. <laughs> I see. Um, I put him over Beal right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay and so that leaves Clay and Jimmy. Mm-hmm. <sighs> on the I, flips, I, on the flip side, let me read you these numbers. 25, 13, 8, 1, 1, 51 percent from the field, 40 percent from the three, 85 percent from the free throw line, 2.6 turnovers. That's Nikola Jokic and taking blame for losses after game seven. He's like, you know, put this on me. This is my loss. And he had a great game. Hmm. Whereas Murray went four for 20. Yeah, I mean. No, I think Embiid is better than Jokic. Mm. Yeah, the one thing about Jokic, and we we kind of brought this up in the in the thing we put up last week, the the um, info, infographic. But mm-hmm. so Jokic, this is through the play through the entirety of his playoff run. Um, in clutch minutes, he was at the top, uh, forty three minutes. Ooh, forty three clutch minutes. He was three for sixteen. Oh, interesting. 0 for 6 on threes, 2 for 4 on free throws. Mm. So he had a lot of assists, um, 14 assists, 12 boards. I mean, but I think it, you could tell, like, he missed a huge clutch free throw, too, in Game, he did. In game 7, right? Game 7. And so, I mean, you could kind of see it in him. He would get, he would be intimidated in those really kind of high leverage moments. And Jamal Murray was the one taking a lot of those shots. And Jamal Murray was very good. Uh, in clutch time, but I, I think that's one part of his game that he definitely needs to improve. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Embiid is a little bit more impactful than him overall because of his defense. And not that Embiid is clutch necessarily, but I don't think he was that bad in the clutch. So you are taking CJ as the third best two guard in the league as more realistic. Um, it's closer. I mean, I think it's very close between 
Jimmy, him, Clay, Jimmy and Clay, and CJ. Yeah, I think it's very close. So the separation um, between Anthony Davis, Embiid, and Jokic is further. I mean, right now I'd put Jokic over Anthony Davis. Mm. Yeah, because he does a lot to impact what's happening on the floor. And we already see at a young age that it results in wins. Mm-hmm. Anthony Davis has had so many question marks. I mean, his mm-hmm. health, you know, his impact. Does he really win? You know, like all these kinds of things. I mean, and I understand it's it's New Orleans. And so I do, for the most part, give him kind of a pass. But you can never, like, I don't, one thing I don't like doing is putting somebody's hypothetical potential over something real. Mm. That's already happening, right? right. So. I don't want to put him down necessarily knowing the situation that he's in, but I'm not going to elevate him for something he hasn't done yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Jokic is already proving it, you know, like in the playoffs. And so I I would give it to him right now. I also take CJ as better than Jimmy Butler and Clay at this point. What a crazy game seven performance. I mean, he, he took it all the way home. I mean, that kind of gall, and he's been scoring real well in the playoffs. I mean, over 25 points per game, 26 26 points per game, and 46% shooting. Really, really, really good numbers. He's proving something to me this playoffs, that just because he's a little small doesn't mean anything. But, the so the only thing I, I'm iffy about him, uh, like, after, uh, against Jimmy Butler is, because I think, look, I think Portland's going to get handled in this round. Mm-hmm. You know, against the Warriors, not like not like destroyed necessarily, um, you know, like swept or anything like that. But I think I don't really think that a lot of the games are going to be closely contested. And it's yeah. going to be evident as kind of we saw tonight that the Warriors are the better team. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a, a kind of easy draw, if you think about it. Yeah. You know, and. Jimmy Butler played big too, like in his series, and he was playing he against, did. I think, better competition than the Nuggets because mm-hmm. the Nuggets were playing. They were a very good team and a deep team, but they were playing one against themselves because they hadn't been in these playoff situations. And two, you know, like Jokic had never been in the playoffs before. Jamal Murray had never been in the playoffs before. They, you know, like Jamal Murray definitely elevated himself. But he had he wasn't that player already. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? On the other hand, um, Jimmy was playing against Kawhi, and Kawhi is a freaking monster right now. Yeah, I I just think there's more of an argument for CJ as opposed to CJ in this in this argument as opposed to Jokic because I still think Joel Embiid is better than Jokic. I would take him. And I still think I would take Anthony Davis over Jokic at this point. Probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I think I would think about CJ over Jimmy and Clay. So you're not saying definitely he is. No, not definitely. Saying, yeah, no, there's no. there's an argument there. Yeah. There's an argument. Well, it's more realistic. Okay. Bucks versus the Celtics. My question, what the heck happened to the Celtics? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... Basically, so we've had basically all the same picks, right? Mm-hmm. Through the playoffs. This is the only series we disagreed on. I had Correct. the Celtics, you had the Bucks. Yeah. Congrats to you. You were right. <laughs> but I had them in 7. Right. But I, and I and I said I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks won. Yeah. But I was super surprised the way that they won because the Celtics totally collapsed. Yeah. And it is 1000% 
Kyrie's fault. Mm. It is all Kyrie's fault. Mm. It's just all Kyrie's fault. Um, he was shooting so bad, horrendously bad. He was horrible. He was, he had like one of he had like a historically bad shooting performance mm-hmm. in that series. And he was okay, forcing shots too. And let me let me just say something, okay? And this also goes into my what I think about the Milwaukee Toronto series. Yeah. But okay. Here's Giannis's numbers from the series. 28, 11, 5. I mean, those are beast numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, 52% shooting. But, like, they're not even as good as Giannis's regular season numbers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they actually play pretty decent defense on him throughout the series. A lot of it was kind of like they were blowing him out. And so Giannis would be getting dunks and stuff like that. They had but a like, good game plan. Yeah, they had a good game plan. And in game one, it definitely worked, right? Giannis had, like, a bad game. And the Celtics won that game. Okay, Chris Middleton, under 40% for the series. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Bledsoe, 43%. Miritich, under 40%. Connaughton, under 40% for the series. Mm. And if I gave you those numbers and then I said, hey, on the other hand, Jalen Brown, 47%, 16 points on 47% shooting for the series. Horford, 16, 8, and 4 on 48% shooting. Marcus Morris, 15, 9, 2 on 63% shooting. Tatum had a bad series. The top two players on their 12 team. 12 and 8 on mm-hmm. 37% shooting. And Kyrie, 20 points per game on 36% shooting. Oh, my god. He gosh. shot on the on, – and that was after – he had a good game one, right? In the last four games of that series, he shot 30 freaking percent oh. from the field. He was oh. 28 for 83 I'm, th- I'm sorry, 25 for 83. 25 for 83. He had 25 Ooh. makes and what is that? 58 misses. <laughs> Just he, h- horrendous levels. He had a horrendous shot selection. He had horrible shots. He hit, a, he hit some shots off the side of the backboard, I remember. He was shooting like double-teamed you know, like fadeaway baseline falling out of bound shots. And I was just like, what are you doing? It's the gall of him because the Bucks game plan was to, you know, uh, when coming off a screen, they would meet him up top, right? So basically they kind of double him. Same thing that they're doing with Dame, except Dame takes control of the game more by, you know, passing, right. rebounding, doing more of the little things. Because, like, even in the Game 7 where he lost, uh, like, I was watching some of it because I only saw the stat line at first. I was like, oh, he had a her- terrible game. But when I watched some of the highlights, I was like, oh, he had a good game. No, he, he had a good floor game, yeah. Yeah, even yeah though he controlled the floor. Yeah. Kyrie, on the other hand, was just like, I don't care. I'm just going to do it doing my own. These guys need me. These guys always talk about they made the conference finals. I'll show them. And basically just hoisted shots from everywhere. He was horrible. Was so bad. I think he was four for 18 in game two. And I was a little worried then because I was like, oh, man, is Kyrie just going to go into this gunner mode? Mm. But I gave him a pass because game two was on the road. They split. You know, they got the split. That's what they wanted. And then he shot again horrible. I think he was seven for 22 in game three. And he said after the game, I should have shot more. And I was like, oh, my God, (laughs) it's over. He's like, I should have taken 30 shots. I was like, dude. Shut up. Like, when you play bad, you need to just say, I had a bad game. 
next game I'm going to do something different. Like that just tells me this guy. And it was, it's weird because he didn't choke. He chose to do that. Mm. Like he came into the game thinking, I'm not going to do what's going to get us a win. I'm, I'm either going to, we're either going to win because I'm awesome or we're just going to lose. Yep. Like he just decided that. Like he totally imploded. It was way worse than Kobe's 06 tantrum against the you know, Phoenix. Yeah, that was, that was like that was for a half, basically, yeah. right? He was like, "Hey, I'm gonna show you this half how valuable I am." Like Kyrie did it for four games in a row in a series where they were up, and they probably should have won. All, all the supporting cast except for Jason Tatum played extremely well. For the most part, their defensive game plan worked, mm-hmm. and they held. You know, what, like three of the six most important players on the Bucks to under 40% shooting? That's that's good. You should win a series like that, which is why I was expecting it to, you know, be a longer series, like six or seven games. And I wouldn't have been surprised if the Bucks won like a very contested series. But Kyrie literally just gave it to them. Like he made it so that they didn't have to try very hard. They were blown about because Kyrie was just he was shooting his team out of the game. Like I've never ever seen any player do in the history of the NBA playoffs. This is what's really concerning about his future. It's like this is a part of him. Just like Jimmy Butler calling uh, scrubs to play against Carl Anthony Towns <laughs> is part of him, right? This passive aggressive, like it's me against the world, Kyrie stuff is a part of him. It was a part of Kobe too, but he learned to mature and grow. Going okay, through the the hard periods, Kobe wasn't this bad ever. But he wasn't this bad ever. <laughs> Not even close to this. Like when Kobe's gunning, like yeah, it could be bad. But I mean, he's still scoring a lot of points, and at a not this like thirty percent. <laughs> Four games in a it, again. It was historically bad. No Celtic had done that in like you know several decades. But Kobe matured because during his prime, he basically tanked and missed the playoffs low seated and then finally came back up and appreciated what he could do with good teammates, right? Kyrie, on the other hand, is coming from a point a high point, going to another team where saying, you need to acknowledge me. I'm I'm the man here. Missed the missed the playoffs. His team did better without him. And now he's coming back like I, I don't like this level of disrespect that you guys think you're just as good as me. Which is really weird. So I am not sure what's going to happen with him in the future. I just don't know. Uh, he has to. He has to acknowledge. Like, okay, here's what Brad Stevens said in his at the end of the series. Right, he said, "I did a bad job coaching this year," mm. which lets me know that Brad Stevens, one, he's a good coach. Two, he's going to be a better coach. Mm. That's what Kyrie needed to say. Yeah, right. He needed to say, "I did a bad job. I I wasn't a good leader." We lost because of me. I'm going to get better. Mm-hmm. Like, like if he had said that, then I would believe, okay, if he goes to a different situation or so, whatever, he goes somewhere else in free agency, he'll be a better player. Because you have to be able to acknowledge like mistakes. And this is the thing, right? When I look at – and this is how I knew every season that LeBron would never change, right? Because he never took accountability. He never said there's anything I need to do different. He always said I did everything that I could and mm-hmm. – that's it. I'm satisfied. I don't care. I'm not going to change anything. Right? 
James Harden, same thing. They asked him, like, what do you need to do different? You know, what do you need to do differently next year? And do you know what he said? He goes, I know exactly what we need to do. Did you hear? Did you hear this? No, no. What I know exactly. I know exactly what we need to do. We're gonna go and figure it out in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. That's I love literally it. how he said it. I he love said, it. He said it like that. There was like this long pause, and everybody was just waiting to hear what he was gonna say. And he's like, "We're gonna go figure it out." I love that. That's just like Vegeta. It's just like <laughs> you know what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna charge up more. <laughs> yeah, it's like I mean, come on, that. Like that determination is only one half of the anime equation, right? The other <laughs> half is training and getting better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's you gotta like, figure yes. it out. Yeah, the Ichigos and Naruto's of the world, you know, they yes, they they have that dogged determination, but they also get better. Right? <laughs> like, they also learn new techniques. Like that's learn skills. Level that is up. An essential part of anime, yes. And and basketball. And that's the thing. When you and when I see heartbreak on someone's face like Joel Embiid, I'm like, he's going to come back better. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's going to come back better next year. Like this hurts. And I know he's going to work his butt off, you know, in the summer. When someone is content after a loss, like that's, you know what I mean? Like the Warriors, when they lost in 16, they said like, oh, I killed them. Yeah. You know, they carried it. They carried it. And it's carried them to back-to-back championships and probably one more, you know, a three-peat. When Kobe lost in 08, right, it's like he he carried that the next two to the next two championships. And, like, you know, every time the Spurs, like Duncan would talk about it, like he would he would carry it. And, you know, when LeBron lost in 11, to his credit, he carried that, and that carried him to the next the championship the next year. And so, like... I just think Kyrie doesn't – he doesn't know yet right now. You know, don't right forget, now – Don't forget Dirk. 06. He yes, carried that. He carried that to his really 11th victory. Time. Yeah, five years, right? Like, and you see that, and I just feel like Kyrie right now, he's still in that immature, like, blaming other people stage. Yeah, because pain is the greatest motivator, right? I, I, I've said this all the time about championship teams. The problem with being a champion is you're content. And being content doesn't lead you to working hard and improving and moving up. When you're in pain, it's relentless vengeance that you're trying to get better. Like that kind of motivator that you need. Kyrie, I think I agree. Uh, he just doesn't have that level of self-reflection to say like, you know what, I'm wrong. Yeah, even awareness. Yeah. Even that flat earth comment, right? Like he just refused to acknowledge it. Yeah. You know, he he was just like, yeah, it's flat. It's just my opinion. That's that's what I think. Like, yeah, you guys believe everything. And then he's like, I'm making it a joke, you know, like, no, just own up to it. Just own up. I think what was it? There was something Steph Curry said something stupid, too. Well, what was it, it was about the flat. It was like the moon landing. The moon. landing. Oh, yeah. Moon landing was fake. Right. right? Yeah. But then he owned up to it later. Yeah. He was like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know. Like, they were just talking about it, and he, he just was, like, convinced. And then he's like, yeah, but it was, like, a good chance for me to, like, get educated about it. And I'm like, dude, that's, that's like, what a man says, right? It's like, yeah. oh, I was wrong, and I learned. Answer. Yeah, I got educated. It's like, Kyrie's is like, he doesn't want to own up to even having said it. He doesn't want to own up to whether it's right or wrong. He's just kind of like, oh, whatever, just gloss over it. Let's pretend it never happened. And that kind of lack of accountability is exactly what does not lead you know, to growth and ultimately to championships. 
But you know what does lead is Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Raptors, Sixers. My question, is Kawhi now the best player in the league? Mm, yeah. Wow. What about KD? We just said KD in the last podcast. <laughs> <laughs> He's hurt. You can't He's be hurt. the best player in the league when you're hurt. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. No, okay. He's top two with KD, right? Honestly, it's yeah. I well, I I I feel like it's kind of up for grabs. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, it's between KD, Kawhi, and Giannis, and whoever wins of those three guys. Is Steph I, longer in the running? I feel like while KD's playing, he just can't be. Mm. It's it's weird because like I know how great he is, but it's like when they're together, uh, it's just really hard. Like if KD doesn't play and somehow uh, you know the warrior and the Warriors win, then yeah, for sure, Steph can definitely be. You know he can he can take that mantle, but it's hard because in the most important moments they always go to KD. Yeah. You know, and I know that it's kind of like unfair because when Katie's on the floor, he has to play like that. Like he's only effective. He's most effective when he's like that and they need him to be effective. Whereas Steph can kind of diminish himself and fold into Katie's game. Katie can't really do that into Steph's game. And so it's weird, but it's the same with Wade and LeBron. Right. Like where where Wade was the his game was more malleable the same kind of. yeah and uh, it, it's le- like Steph is more Steph and Katie blend way better than Wade and LeBron did because right. Wade and LeBron are more ball dominant Katie and Steph are not as ball dominant as those two guys are but Wade took a step back because it was for the betterment of the team right. similar here you know Steph is able to take a, a, a couple steps back because he can move around screens, run around screens, shoot the ball, whereas KD, his best move is to isolate at the top of the key, right. you know, you know, right in that L area. So yeah, it's like, okay, right. you play that game, you could dish it out, give it to Draymond, Draymond give it to me, I'll shoot it, and we'll be all good. Because what this showed me, again, is what we talked about when KD first got there was someone has to sacrifice because there's just not enough ball for all these guys to go around. Whose numbers are going to go down? And we initially said Clay's numbers are going to go down. And we're like, well, I guess it's not Clay because he keeps shooting. But it was Clay and it was Steph. It was actually both of them because once KD went down, as he is now, their numbers skyrocketed right. because they're getting more touches, more feel, more play. And as you know, when you touch the rock more, you get more momentum. Ball has power. Um, okay, real quick, though, on Kawhi. Yes. We went on a tangent. We yeah, got to talk about Kawhi. Here's Kawhi's numbers. 31.8 points per game, 8.5 Oof. rebounds, 3.6 assists, 3 turnovers, 54% shooting. Oh, my God. 41% from 3. Oh, my God. 7 from the line. He's moved up to 6th now in clutch points. Mm-hmm. 24 points on 50% shooting. He's now leading in that um, in just 19 minutes. Everyone else in the top 10 in clutch points has has at least 30 minutes, 30 clutch minutes. Dame, who's still in first with 37 on 48% shooting in 39 minutes. Dame has 37 points in 39 minutes. Kawhi has 24 points in 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi's now shooting better than Dame. Dame was at 50. He dropped to 48. Um, the next guys are, were Harden, uh, Jamal Murray, McCollum, and then Steph. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're Katie, all above Katie's 30 not minutes. on that list. 
No, um, he was he's pretty high. He's up there like in the top ten, but uh, I think because he got hurt, you know, he's missed some uh, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Kyle, uh, again, Kyle Lowry still zero clutch points. Kawhi, game seven, buzzer beater for the win. Yes, the Ruth. only ever, only ever game seven buzzer beater. Here's the thing about Kawhi. He is carrying a freaking like <laughs> dying team. Like, think about what just happened. Think about the previous series, okay? They're playing against Philadelphia, right? Who's yeah. the best player in the series? Kawhi. Yes. Who's the second best player in the series? Joel Embiid. Who's the third best player in the series? Jimmy Butler. Who's the fourth best player in the series? Uh, maybe Ben Simmons. Maybe it's Siakam. It's gotta be Simmons. Uh, let's go talent-wise, though. Like, who would you who would you rather have like start a team with? Ben oh, Simmons. Ben or... Simmons. Yeah. And then who's after that? It's like, would you rather have? Tobias Harris or Pascal Siakam, like in a vacuum, like debatable. Probably Siakam, right? But it's like close, right? It's close. So, so I mean, you could arguably say, but think about think about what um, Tobias Harris was doing with the Clippers. He was like their number one option and carrying them to a playoff seat. He was. Would Siakam ever do that? So then, so you got Kawhi number one, but then you got Embiid, Butler, Simmons, and then maybe Siakam versus Tobias about even. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle Lowry, who's but, clearly a notch even lower than those guys. Yeah, it's like Kyle Lowry or J.J. Redick. I'm not sure. Yeah, J.J. Redick. So it's like, oh, my gosh, how is Kawhi literally beating, like, four guys by himself? But that's what we've been talking about with this Sixers team, right? Is their collection of talent going to be cohesive? And right. that's why we thought the Nets would have had a stand, like a puncher's chance against them because right. they have a lot of parts, but do they all work together? I don't really know. You know? I mean, f- for the record, they played better than I thought they would. I they thought did. Toronto was going to stomp on them. They but did. they just – I mean, Siakam got hurt. I think that contributed. But Lowry – Lowry was Lowry. And then everyone – oh, my gosh. In game seven, it was like hot potato. Yeah. They're like, dude, I don't want to touch the ball. Kawhi, you shoot it. <laughs> Kawhi would shoot it. they get an shot it like 40 times. He had like 40 <laughs> field goal attempts. He's 39, yeah. He was, he was 16 for 39. They were like – Pass the ball around five times, and then they would throw it out to Kawhi for a three, and he'd drain it. And I'm just like, man, Kawhi is Kawhi is a beast, man. You know no what? What Kawhi did in that game is exactly the kind of thing that would like frustrate me about LeBron. Mm. It's like just do it all the way to the end. Just take the last shot, double teamed. It's a stupid yeah. shot. Who cares? Just take it and make it, and. That was amazing. That was like that was an amazing performance. Yeah, the Sixers, to their credit, were four seconds away from overtime of a game seven. Yes. You know? They played as well as they could, and Jimmy Butler took over that game at the very end. Right. And proved to me that he's the second most important Sixer that they can have. Kawhi Leonard, though, basically took over the team, put the team on his back. He put Siakam on his back because Siakam got really scared. All of a sudden, he didn't want to shoot. He didn't want to be the second best player on the team. We know what Krillin does. Krillin just runs away from the big moment. He's <laughs> like, no, 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 Kawhi, you, you, you. Probably the first person to go up and hug Kawhi. He's like, yes, I'm so happy you're here. Oh, I, gosh. I can't say enough good things about Kawhi. He's dominating this playoffs. He has been just ridiculous. He's just been unstoppable. And like, 
I mean, in this round, just in this round, he was 35, 10, 4, 1.3 steals on 53% shooting. Jimmy Butler is known as a really good defender. Kawhi makes him look silly. Yeah, and he based and Kawhi when he was on Jimmy, like pretty much shut him down. Because Kawhi is still the best defender in the league, by far. Kawhi was like, and he's just like ice water. Like he didn't have a single really bad game, like bad shooting game. Yeah, he he has no emotions. Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like him being a robot is crazy. Even when his whole team is choking it away, he's just like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to. Yeah, he, he does not care. He's just going to go out, play the game he plays, and then just leave. It's crazy. He just, he just trudges on. He just marches on no matter what happens around him. Yeah. When Krillin is running around all scared, he's like, all right, well, I guess I'll just win. No, he's like, yeah, don't worry about it, Krillin. I'm going to take all these bullets for you. I'm going to cover you. I'm going to take these fireballs. I'm going to block you, even though you've now become a liability. And I'm going to carry you on my back, and then we're still going to win. Crazy. Now, moving on. Conference finals are here. Warriors versus Blazers. Steph Curry is back, as we talked about. He dropped 39 tonight, beating the Blazers. Katie's going to be out the first two games. It should be Steph versus Dame, Clay versus CJ, Draymond versus Ennis Cantor. But all the talk, for some reason... Is Steph versus Seth? <laughs> that is such disrespect to Damian Lillard. Everyone's talking about, oh, first times brothers are meeting in conference finals. Like, there were, there were, like, all these camera crew during the intro of Steph walking into the arena and Seth walking into the arena. Seth's never seen those cameras before. <laughs> He's never seen those cameras. People are calling this sibling rivalry, but it's, like, not even close. One guy's a three-time champ with a two-time MVP and a two-time MVP. The other comes off the bench. Let's check in on the rivalry from game one. <laughs> Steph Curry, 36 points on 12 of 23 shooting. Seven to six, seven assists, six rebounds, one steal, nine for 15 on threes. And Seth Curry, three points. <laughs> <laughs> like, how is this not just Dame versus Steph? This is just disrespect to Damian Lillard. Three points just, on one of seven shooting. Just super disrespect. Three rebounds, Jesus. <laughs> but my question for you, because they're talking about this, is is this is this one of the greatest sibling rivalries, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard? What is the greatest sibling rivalry? What's the throat? <laughs> what do you have here? I mean, Thor versus Loki mm. is pretty good. Pretty close. Good. Yeah. Mufasa and Scar. One of my favorites, Kevin McAllister versus Buzz McAllister. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin! Kevin! What did you do to my room? Uh, I like Kevin versus Wayne Arnold. Oh. The Wonder Years. Wonder Years, yeah. Boyan versus Bogdan. <laughs> <laughs> the Bogdanovich rivalry. That's a good one. That's a good one. The Hemsworths. <laughs> Thor made me think of the Hemsworths. Uh, the Hemsworths. Chris, uh -huh. Liam. Who's the other one? There's a third one, right? Luke. Luke Hemsworth. What's he in? One of them is in The Hunger Games. That's Liam. Okay. And then one of them is in... I don't know what the other one's in. <laughs> he's just famous because he's famous. No, he's in something. I'm going to find it. 
<clears throat> oh, he's in he's in Westworld. Oh, okay. He's in Westworld. What character? He's he's um Stubbs. Who? The guy, the security guy. Who? The security guy. Security guy. The the security guy. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> you know, uh, look it up. <laughs> but the greatest rivalry, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, or Ooh, that's a Venus, good one. Venus and Serena Williams. Yeah, I think I think it's Venus and Serena. Come on, they play. It's it's tennis. You actually play against each other one on one. But is there is can there be a better rivalry than that? They're no, both great. They're both champions. No, there can't. One of them's uh, a goat. So like, <laughs> Seth versus Steph is nothing. It's nothing. Let's stop disrespecting Steph like that. You stop disrespecting Seth like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just Dame disrespect. I can't handle this Dame Dalla disrespect. No, I don't like just it. Just like I... an older brother to disrespect this sibling rivalry. <laughs> what is your pick? Warriors versus Blazers. I have Warriors in six. Warriors in six. Oh, so you got you got Dame and CJ doing some little magic. Yeah, little I think I think they'll get. I think they'll definitely get game three. I mean, I, if anything, I think what the Warriors have shown is that they always win when it like they have to, yeah. but they don't always win when they don't have to. Right. You know they get I mean? like a musical. Right. And so they just don't quite come with the and I, I, I mean, I don't hate them for it because I feel like they almost have to do that now. Like I feel like if they tried to come full effort every single game, they would kind of burn themselves out. Yes. And so instead of doing that, you know, some games you can see clearly they're coming kind of with like an eighty percent effort. And sometimes that's even good enough to win, but other times they'll just lose, right? Because it's just not enough. If the Rockets can push them to six, the Blazers can push them to six. So I have them also in six. Do you but, have? Do, would you rather have at this point Dame or James Harden? Dame. Wow. So you're going to move James Harden below Dame on your ranking. After this? Yeah. After this playoffs? Like, what has James Harden proved to me that Dame has not, you know? He proves he could get numbers. <laughs> he proves he can get numbers. It's true. But Dame could prove he can get wins. Oh, you're celebrating after one? I'll see. I'll celebrate after four. I love that. <laughs> oh, I love Dame so much. Bucks, Raptors. I mean, this one is awesome. Giannis versus Kawhi. Krillin backing him up. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, it's just Kawhi and a bunch of scrubs, man. Yeah, let me. Okay, so to me, this is kind of overwhelming. Let me read you some stats. The Bucks plus minus, they're leading the playoffs right now at 15.3. Second place is actually the Raptors, but they're at a far distant 7.6. The Bucks. First in rebounds in the playoffs, second in assists, first in blocks, second in field goal percentage, second in three-pointers made, second in total points. The Raptors, their leading categories are fourth in lowest turnovers, their third in steals, fifth in field goal percentage, and first in free throw percentage. So both teams are really good teams, but the Bucks are just overwhelmingly good in a lot of defensive stats, and they're scoring at a really high clip. Of course, they played against, you know, 
the Celtics yeah. who imploded. Yeah, the it's tough for me to really get a read on the Bucks because they haven't been challenged at all in this playoffs. They have not. They had the they if we're talking easiest roads, the Bucks had the easiest road. Oh, they've had yeah, by far the easiest road. They haven't sweated. Um I mean they played Detroit, which was literally a bye. And then they played the Celtics. <laughs> JV team. I mean, give me a break, man. <laughs> and they didn't have Blake Griffin. I mean, it's just, and he was hobbled. It's like ridiculous. Um, and then the Celtics, that's the thing. I thought I would have a good read on the Bucks by now, depending on what they did in the Celtics series. But the Celtics literally just destroyed themselves. They did. They just, Kyrie just friendly fired all over his team and then just said, I'm going to win it and tried to take the whole team on by himself and then lost a lot. Yes, 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 he did. Took he, a lot he, of only, he only used pistol. And it's like, yeah, no, and it's like your whole team is like pooled buddy. I don't know what kind of game this would be, but, you know, imagine it's like Counter-Strike, but you've all pulled your money, and he spends all the money. <laughs> he buys Para, you know, and he just runs out there <laughs> just by himself, and all the team's like, what the heck, man? I, I agree with you. They haven't been tested, so it's really hard to see, whereas Toronto has really been tested. Yeah, because the, the Sixers, Sixers actually came to play. I mean, I know Embiid was up and down, but he had some insane plus-minus. Mm-hmm. In game six, he had like the high. He had like a. He was like a plus forty. It was like the highest plus minus ever. And I think it, even in game seven, they were like some ridiculous plus with him on the court. He was only off the court for like three minutes, and they were minus twelve. I think in those three minutes. The disappointing thing about Joel Embiid is his stamina. He just can't sustain that level of minutes. He can't. Like it, He's last not year shirt. and this year. Yeah, you can it, tell it, that. I mean, I'm sure injuries are a factor. Yeah, his body, but yeah, he's not in good shape. Um. But they played well, uh, you know. Butler played well. Other They've guys been tested. stepped up here it, it, and there. It's yeah. a tested team against an untested, basically fresh team, you know. So it's really going to come down to, I think, similar to how Portland and Denver kind of ended up, where right. I thought Denver was a big momentum team, and then Portland is kind of a clutch team. That's kind of how I feel about the Raptors, right? <laughs> Which is a very funny thing to say with Krillin on the team, but <laughs> but Ka- Kawhi is basically there. The Toronto is basically operating like a clutch team, where they'll they'll pull through in the clutch because they have Kawhi, and the Bucks are a momentum team. Where in Game One they kind of stopped their momentum by plugging up the hole, and they weren't able to get in transition, and they weren't able to get dunks. So if that's not happening for them, you know what's going to happen? And Kawhi is probably the most equipped to guard Giannis, even though he's a lot smaller, but he's the best defender in the league. Will that I mean, tire him out to be clutch? I don't know. They're going to put Siakam on Giannis, at least for most of the game. If it, if it gets down to a point where they really need to stop, they might put Kawhi on Giannis. They might put Giannis on Kawhi, though, although I don't know if that's a good strategy or not. Um, no. You need Giannis fresh. Yeah, I mean, I would think they shouldn't, but they did that a lot during the season, and Giannis actually does a pretty good job guarding Kawhi. Incredibly long. I think Siakam's going to have a good series, though. Lowry's going to suck. And um, <laughs> that's not even a prediction. That's just that's just what's going to happen. Um, Here's uh, where we diverge again, right? Because I have Bucks in six. 
It's t- well, I, I I'll say this: if the Bucks do win, I I can't imagine they would do it in less than seven games. Ah, mm. uh, I don't know. I feel like it would be really hard. It's really hard to to. You had Raptors winning the championship in the last one. I know. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to stick with them for sure. I, I, I have to. Seven? I have to continue with the Raptors. I'll say Raptors in seven. Yeah, which would be crazy because I can't imagine them winning game seven on the road. But I don't know. Crazier things have happened in this playoffs. So it's crazy to think about the Toronto Raptors in the NBA finals. That just sounds really weird. I mean, if if Kawhi wins, I mean, it, it, okay, if the Raptors do get to the finals yes. and the supporting cast continues to play this poorly, yes, do you think Kawhi is the best player in the league? Yes. I think he's already making a case. So anything added to the resume just adds to his case, whereas KD can't really add anything anymore, I think. I mean, one thing is I think that people are not recognizing is that I feel like what Kawhi is doing with this Raptors team is more impressive than what LeBron did with last year's Cavs team. Mm-hmm. Because that East was really bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, compare those teams to these teams. Because these, everyone's been talking about these top four East teams. Yes. They've been talking about it as these are the teams to go through. They're going to be really hard. Whereas last year, who who was out there? I mean, Philly had never had they even been to the playoffs before that. They had it right. The Bucks were babies, you know. The Celtics, even the fact that even that the Celtics got so far, and I think that's another weird thing. Like you can't really compare what they did last year to what they did this year. Yeah, you can't be like, oh, they super underachieved this team. year because because the East is, was totally different. I mean, they beat different teams too. The Bucks team they beat was obviously not this Bucks team. The Philly team they beat was obviously not this Philly team. Mm. You know, it was just it was a completely different landscape. Um, I mean, what Kawhi is doing is just so impressive. Yeah, to me. And then LeBron took on Krillin and Yamcha. <laughs> Yamcha. <laughs> <laughs> So I have butts in six. You got Raptors in seven. It's going to be super exciting either way. Giannis versus Kawhi. This is going to be one for the ages. All right. We'll be back with our final of the sitcom Sweet 16 SBR update. Friends versus The Office. It's a big one. We'll be back. All right. Instead of two for the road, we're going to give our update. It's Friends versus The Office in the finals. Wow. You know, I would ex- I actually would have expected it to be this. Mm, yeah. this At the beginning, yeah, this is probably what we picked. These were two top seeds, right? One seed and a, what is it, three seed? I, I wanted the Fresh Prince to just be that dark horse that came all the way. It, it's that New Jersey Nets team going all the way to the finals. So that's just impossible. You know, it's just impossible. The, the office overwhelmingly destroyed the Fresh Prince and friends razor thin margin against community. Oh, gosh. Razor thin. Uh, what was the percentage? It was off by one vote. Man. One vote. It was close. Okay. 
So it's the finals. You had the office winning the whole thing, right? I did. You still believe it? I do. Against friends? I feel like, I mean, we talked about it before, right? But I, I think The Office is a little bit more rewatchable than Friends. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little, it's a little more recent. Mm-hmm. So it is a little funnier. Mm-hmm. You know, the jokes, the writing is a little bit tighter. Um, it doesn't quite have as many memorable moments or like highly memorable i would say it has a lot of good jokes but i think kind of those you know those high watermark moments like the apartment game or like you know the prom video like stuff like that that the friend that friends has but i don't know i think it just evokes some kind of feeling it'd be that i really enjoy it friends is life with friends <laughs> like just to kind of basically talk about it and the office is life at work right <laughs> right and very you know eccentric parts of it where all of it is just kind of like a part of your life right mm. the people that you work with you're spending 8 to 9 hours a day with you know sometimes more than your family and your friends are people that you hang out with because you want to you know and all these things that are happening that just are in your life and the funny moments that kind of happen because of it, it, people like rewatching that kind of stuff. And who deserves to win? I don't know. I think both shows are really relevant for their era and have become really rewatchable uh, in this day and age. But I think my own personal affinity is for The Office too. Mm. It's it's Michael Scott. <laughs> I, you know what's you know what's really interesting about you, about what you just said though. Yeah. Friends, I realized is kind of like it's like a glamorized life, right. right? It's like New York City. It's your friends, and you all live you live in apartments right next to each other. That's such a never that's such a yeah. It's such a like college dream, right? It's like oh yeah, we're gonna yeah. live like right next to each other. We're gonna have fun, you know. And you're just kind of like living the life every mm-hmm. day is is like glamorous and fun. You know, you hang out at the coffee shop. It's like, when do these people work? You know, it's it's totally like a ridiculous <laughs> life, right? Correct. Um, the office is like the opposite, right? It's kind of like schadenfreude. It's like looking at people's misery and kind of like laughing at it. Right. right? Like yes. it's a little bit of that at least. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you're still rooting for them, but their lives are kind of horrible and that's kind of what you laugh at. Like they're, when their lives are falling apart, that's when... The office is at its funniest, you know, when it's most awkward, right. when it's most like cringe. You're like, oh my gosh, why are you saying that? That's like such a stupid thing to say, but it's so funny. For you know that what that reason. reminds me of is um, uh, Friends is filmed in New York City. Right. The office is filmed in Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> <laughs> There's a scene where uh, Dwight's expected to be the manager. He's like, I got a room for you in hotel hell. And Jim's like, can I have a late checkout? He's like, well, no, you you can't. You have to talk to the manager. He's like, wait, you're not the manager in your own fantasy? (laughs) He's like, so in your wildest dreams, you're in hell. 
Satan your is your managing manager. breakfast with Satan. He's like, well, I haven't told you my salary. He's like, okay, go for it. Seventy thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you know, like I, I'm with you. Whereas the, their glamorized life is. Rachel basically running away, having no work experience, and then becoming a really like big shot in the fashion world. Like right. what? Right. And that's in a span of like nine years. Yeah. Whereas they sell paper for nine years. Right. <laughs> like Monica becomes a head chef. Uh, yeah. Chandler goes. Chandler becomes a writer. Yeah, advertising. Yeah. yeah. Joey's an actor. Ross you know. is tenured as a professor. Right. You know. Phoebe's weird. You know, it's like. <laughs> hmm. But even weird Phoebe gets married, which is, you know, so like all their dreams come true. Whereas the office is, yeah, their dreams do come true, but in but a much, like much smaller scale. Right. Much smaller scale. And the one person who, like you always, I mean, that that's the thing though. The, the office gets you to root for those people though, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's such a small town. Because they seem like underdogs. Because you see them in kind of these bad moments. Like one of my favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite moments with Kevin is when he has that when he talks about his chili, mm-hmm. Kevin's famous chili. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's like, it's like the one thing I do. You know, he's like, <laughs> and he spills like, it. Yeah. And it's it's so funny because he's actually talking about something where he he puts such an attention to detail into it, right? He's like yeah. chopping chilies, you know. He's like t- talking about the product. He spills it everywhere. And you're just like, oh, it's so like sad, but. But funny. But even like Stanley, where he hated work. Right. He hated work so much. And he finally retired in the final episode. And he sees Phyllis and he gives her the sculpture that he carved. Yeah, Yeah, the bird. Which means that he missed her. You know? Like he he carved it. He thought about work when he wasn't at work. Yeah. It's like those little things. Yeah, like profound relationships, you know, despite the the circumstances or the environment. So we'll see. We'll we'll see how the vote turns out. Um, but this is the final vote. What do you think is the stronger cast, Friends or The Office? I think it has to be... It has to be Friends, right? It has to be Friends. Right? It has to be Friends. I mean, so, they've all, they all act outside of... They all acted outside of friends. They're all like, but has anyone done any of them done something iconic outside of this? I mean, Steve Carell's done. Oh, well, I mean, stuff. the Friends cast. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Yeah, what am I talking about? Um, not iconic. Well, I, I guess mean, Ross has done Band of Brothers. That's true. Although his was the weirdest. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Ross. What are you doing there? Yeah, Chandler's done Studio 60. He's done a bunch of... They kept trying yeah. to do sitcoms with him, but yeah. he just can't, never can't caught on. Yeah. Like, Rachel's done a lot of movies. Rachel's done a bunch of stuff. But and Courtney Cox like, has done some stuff. Joey did Cougar episodes. Town. Episodes. Yeah. But nothing memorable, right? Not, like, extremely memorable. But Steve Carell has had, like, Anchorman. Yeah, Steve Carell's done a ton of stuff. Like, so, like, that was my debate. Because I think the Office cast... And the Friends cast kind of went the same way, where they're all like loved, um, but they've kind of 
haven't really gone on to do anything greater than what they've done. But The Office is basically only Steve Carell, and you could put, you know, John Krasinski in there too. Yeah, he's done some stuff. He's doing stuff now. Yeah, but nobody yeah, else really has yeah. done a lot of stuff, right? Yeah, it's it's really, you know, it's Oscar Martinez though has gone far. He's in the uh, State Farm commercials now. <laughs> Chris Paul. You know what? I really like James Harden in those commercials. It makes me like him. <laughs> James, you're funny, man. You're like a cool guy. I just want to hang out with you, but I don't want you to lead my basketball team. <laughs> that's what's that's what's interesting about all of our NBA analysis is like the guys that are like assassins and killers. They're probably not cool in real oh, life. No, I or, whereas guys like James wanna... Harden are probably just chill. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to like play pickup ball with James Harden. It'd probably be like the funnest basketball ever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so I think Friends is a stronger cast, but I think Steve Carell has reached the highest heights. That's I I'd agree with that. So you have Office winning. I have the Office winning in a in a pretty in a in a decisive decisive victory. The Friends stands are small but strong. <laughs> I know they keep showing up for the votes. You know they don't talk, they don't say anything. But when it's voting time, they show up. <laughs> oh well, we'll see how it goes. All right, thanks everyone for listening to the People's Pod. Make sure you subscribe, like, comment, share, rate us five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This was SBR with Cliff and Joe. Peace, everyone. Yeah, no, sir. like he looks like Krillin. <laughs> <laughs> looks like him, little little weasel guy. <laughs> Six dots on his head. <laughs> it's like it's like, it's like his, he's he gets all bug eyed because he's all scared. <laughs> it's like, oh my god, yeah. what do I do? What do always, I do? <laughs> he always gets scared, man. Uh.